0: Together, we will learn from the sports and business leaders how you can become a more successful person as an entrepreneur or a leader. It's one step at a time, one day at a time. Take your steps now. Take your big steps now. Join me on this journey to success. Take it from the Iron Woman. We only have special guests, and we had Rob many times before. He's a podcaster, but he's also the Iron Man. I know you have done eight Iron Man, and recently you have done Iron Man in Switzerland. And it was in my hometown, and I wasn't home. It was kind of like for me tracking you while you were there. Tell us a little bit about the experience. I'm, I'm excited to hear from you.
1: Well, I think uh, your hometown is so beautiful. I, I can understand why you'd be desperate to get back there. It was absolutely fabulous. But thank you for having me. I felt like I'd done an Ironman just getting over there really this year because of all the COVID yeah. restrictions. So when I did finally get to the destination and walk down to transition and started seeing the people there, you could immediately see what wonderful support there actually was there and there was going to be on race day. It was exciting right from the word go
0: and i think they only had 1300 participants that was because of the covid restrictions but also because it was the first time in tune and they wanted to make sure everything would work seamlessly i think it was uh, actually in a way working in their favor to see how is it with fewer participants how was mm. it in the lake the beautiful lake of tune
1: it was fabulous. In fact, I spent the rest of the day having left the lake, wanting to go back there. <laughs> but particularly when I was on the run, it was feeling hot. I saw everybody swimming in the lake, but in the morning it was just wonderful seeing the sun rise over the over the mountains and mm. seeing the snow top mountains at the back of the lake in the distance. It was amazing. Then in the swim itself on the home straight as we were coming back in. Being able to see that every stroke was was phenomenal. And that was one of the points in the race where I had something of an epiphany and thought, this is why I do this. It's just such a special moment seeing that.
0: And you said you were as fast as one of the professionals or even faster? I
1: had a really good swim. My personal best was 55 minutes before and uh, I knocked 10 minutes off. I did four, just under 40 just under 46 minutes so as we are coming in through. There's a little marina where the end of the swim uh, leg comes in. And during that time, I could see one of the male pros' caps uh, swim past him. And they go off five minutes ahead of us. I took a bit of time out of him. But I think he probably overtook me on the bike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if I was the bike, I would have been interested to do the bike course because it's actually close to my uncle. And then the next station would be close to my aunt. And she actually took pictures and she says, look at those crazy people. But then I sent her a message. Hey, you should look out for those people who are really doing a lot of work. And she then said, yeah, it was amazing. And she went on the bike course to cheer people on. That's nice.
1: it was really good. There was lots Mm -hmm. of support out there Mm -hmm. and lots of little villages that we, we went cycling through. And sometimes we were out in the countryside with big, long roads, long hills. It was very technical at times as well. Switchbacks, going quite fast at times. It meant that you had to be uh, very much on your game all the way through the uh, all the way through the ride and there, were, were, there was one hill which was about 20 kilometers long so you were just cycling up this hill for what it seemed like forever and then you knew that you were going to have to do two laps it was coming again
0: <laughs> uh-huh. and on the downhill you told me how fast did you go
1: I got yeah, I broke fifty miles an hour twice both by both times on the on this fast hill, but uh, yeah, with the long bike, it's quite nice in a way because you can start out thinking about your nutrition, but the mind does tend to wander, and if you're going a little bit low on fuel, then you can start to lose your concentration a bit. you concentrated making sure that I was fueling okay, but still the mind wanders, I remember? hearing this bell thinking, oh, it's an Ironman supporter and uh, ringing ringing the cowbells. And then I looked around and there was this lone cow in the field looking slightly disinterested at me. (laughs) 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 I suspect it was maybe supporting me. It was right by the field watching me.
0: That's like a cool story. And for the people who are non-Ironman people, we wander off, right? Tell us a little bit more about that. If you have a low moment or even a high moment, what do you think during the, the bike course?
1: Yeah, I think that certainly as we were coming out of Tune and climbing into the hills, and you look across and you just see the amazing scenery, it's extremely inspiring. But there are also, because the bike is 112 miles long, there are times when you go through low patches. And I know that mine tends to be somewhere in the region of 60 to 80 miles. It's always that Mm -hmm. point that I feel desperately low. I've learned now to just think, well, this is something I know about. I just need to focus on drinking and making sure I'm getting the right carbohydrates in every hour wait mm-hmm. for it to go and there's always a point at around 85 miles where I start to feel quite good and so suddenly you bounce back and think oh I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm invincible again Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, then you're, you're back off again there, there, there's other things that occur to you with the long hill be going down into the valley crossing the valley There's the switchbacks. You try to be careful not to uh, go over the edge of a cliff or anything. (laughs) Then in the valley itself, working out how you'll be going up because you come back up out of the valley to drop down into Tune again. But usually by the end of the bike, I'm desperately looking out for transition. (laughs) It does uh, drag. And then, of course, you realize you've got the marathon to run when uh, going through transition. But one thing I did again was, I suppose, a discovery for me this year was that for the last year, every time I've ridden my bike, I've done a flying dismount, which just means that you're getting off the bike while it's still moving in a particular way that you can easily run with the bike. And I've been doing that every time I rode. And partly because I'd always found it quite difficult feeling stiff at the end of the bike to get off the bike. And it worked. I came through and ran through into transition really quickly this year. And It's taught me that I need to do some strength and conditioning next year. <laughs>
0: Okay, <laughs> right. we all need to do the the squats yeah. and the burpees and the push-up and the whatever it needs right yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah it's really important. And the run who did you meet unfortunately we don't have those guests on the podcast but tell us no. what was there <laughs> Some magic. well
1: I met two of your friends and uh, they were really really lovely to me they gave me wings because they gave me Red Bull on and uh, that again on laps to well that around sort of the 20 to 35k mark, I do start to switch my fueling needs, and uh, getting some caffeine into me does seem to help me actually at that point in the race. Mm-hmm. But it was lovely to, to see them, and I actually just stopped and had a chat with them and had photographs taken with them as well. Mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes the run becomes something of what I, I always review as a kind of cage fight, really, because you're just trying to get through it, and mm-hmm. there's that distance between you and uh, people who are there supporting, and you're just trying to get through it, but To actually engage and interact with people is really helpful, and it certainly helped me. On the third lap, they were just saying, "Look, you've only got a couple of k to go now. You've done it. You're there." And so it really picked me up, and uh, I managed to manage to get home and and did sprint the last, I suppose, 500 meters. I was really working very hard on that last bit to uh, Mm -hmm. to, to get back in. Uh, They definitely helped me. No doubt about it.
0: Congratulations, and thank you to Susie and Rudy who were helping. And I was actually laughing. I sent her a message ahead of time. Maybe you don't have time to take pictures. And all of a sudden I see pictures, you stopping. I'm like, oh my God, he's in the race. Why does? Why do you have time? And then I was like, okay, yeah, it's for the memories. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. And sometimes you have, cause I, I always go in with the kind of a, a race uh, strategy or a B or a C or a D mm-hmm. and, and I, I, because I'd had a stomach bug a few weeks before the race, which was, I was actually ill with it for two weeks and I was dehydrating on the run. I'd looked back and think that some of the sick, cause I did have sickness on the run. And I think that some of that sickness was associated with that sort of lingering effect of the stomach bug. Mm-hmm. It, it just meant that I changed my strategy and thought, well, now I'm not into that. Pressure anymore. It's just about mm-hmm. finish, and so your strategy changes to things like I'll run for two hundred paces, and perhaps I'll walk fifty paces, and just repeat. and uh, And that sort of thing can get get you through it. And yeah. um, but also then you can actually sort of give yourself that luxury of saying, "Well, yeah, I can stop, and uh, mm-hmm. I'll have a chat." And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not just about me racing to the end. It's it's about that interaction with people as well. Which
0: mm-hmm. is, what do you remember when you have done eight Ironmen, when you look at each one of them? I think it's the support that you have along the road or maybe that bell, that cow story, or what comes to your mind when you look at your eight Ironman yeah. that you have
1: done? I think the first one is always yeah. very special. I still think about uh, 10 being Wales in a very sort of be- special way because of that. But there were other things like when I was in Lanzarote, I was just running my, my normal pace. And one of the pros, I think he was in fifth place, came up, ran by me and we just ran at the same pace. Mm-hmm. for about a mile he was just clearly taking a bit of a break and we were supporting each other even though we weren't saying a word to each other I'll always remember that and meeting Paul and newbie Fraser in Frankfurt was a, an absolute joy and yeah there's always some little thing that I take back
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: so I can I can look at the medal and it, it represents a whole uh, host of memories from each race
0: and your medal looks very nice with the castle of So Who knows? You said some of your friends will come back. We'll organize more supporters. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's now our goal to make sure I had run for Rob, my friend Dan, who went to Lake Placid without any supporters. But the thing is, he didn't let anybody know. If we don't know, we we cannot organize people. I think that's one of the main takeaways that, yes, it is a solo sport, but the support is so important.
1: Yes, it is. Yes. and There was one guy, I think, again, this goes back to my first ever Ironman. The day before the race, I met somebody from uh, Washington, D.C., and he uh, said that he'd been an alcoholic and had given up alcohol and had taken this up. It was his 12th race Mm. uh, that he was doing. And although he didn't finish it, you could see how he felt he was a changed person and he Mm. just... Wouldn't want to look back and uh, at yeah. this past life. I always meet somebody every yeah. single race that I do. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Part, part of why I continue to do it.
0: A lot of people think it's just that day, but basically, now with the COVID, you were training for, let's say, two years in a way.
1: I did because I normally have a 30 week cycle, which mm-hmm. is like a 10 week of base, a 10 week of build, and then seven weeks of peak and three weeks of gradual tapering. And I built up, got to 20 weeks, and then it was cancelled, and Mm -hmm. then had a bit of uh, a fallow period, then another 20 weeks, because I knew I'd have to start training for the following year. And then it was put back another three months. So I got to 20 weeks again and then I just had to rejig my training. Uh, It was all over the place. But in a way, I got a good base for the overall race and uh, just didn't quite manage to get some of the key sessions in because of the, Mm. the illness. But yeah, it's been very different to Ironman. I'll remember it. For all sorts of <laughs> mm-hmm. reasons, the COVID sort of aspect, the getting into the country, the the fact that it was your hometown and, and your help as well, and you know some of the things that you told me about about it before I got there, they, they all make this the thing very special.
0: And what's next? I always ask now people, what's next?
1: <laughs> well, I'm hoping to. I'm 70.3 in Staffordshire, which is quite close to where I live mm-hmm. in June next year. Then I'm hoping to do Estonia. So I'm in Tallinn possibly do another one another half in september sort of september afterwards six weeks afterwards if i can mm-hmm. and that would be a good season for me but perhaps also do a few long swims i'd like to put some long swims in there because mm-hmm. i coach a tri- triathlon and i do a, a swim session every week where i coach athletes and it would be nice to encourage them to uh, to, to do some of those so that we can get people doing something which is swim-based and achieving something. And then we can celebrate that uh, towards the end of the year. at our awards ceremony. That that would be nice to do.
0: So many things to look forward to, something positive, right, and engaging. And you said you met a person from Washington, D.C. and Ironman is life-changing. It is Mm -hmm. life-changing. And I always think, like, we do what we can. Maybe one year you're a supporter and the next year you're a volunteer or whatever, and then you maybe get the Ironman back. You certainly have it. So I'm very happy for you. And thank you so much, Rob. Good luck. Strong legs. Thank
1: thank you you. very much for having me, Susanna.
0: Always nice to talk to an Ironman. I only have done one Ironman and I go by the saying, you did the Ironman once and you brag for the rest of your life. Mm. Rob has done eight. Congratulations. This is a huge accomplishment. It's not only the event. Think about how many hours, how many months he has been training. Take it from the Iron Woman. We have episodes every Monday, every Wednesday. Don't miss out. There's something for everybody. Authors, coaches, athletes, entrepreneurs, people with a lot of passion. It can be you. Join us. Listen to it on YouTube or on your preferred platform. Thank you for your support.